What's up, witches? I'm Taylor. And I'm Amber. And this is Waking Waking Up Up the Witch. We're your neighborhood witches, and each week we get together and talk about all things witchy. We're two curious ladies trying to understand the human experience, but while we do that, we think it's important to honor the people that lived here before us and honor the cultures and traditions that we're being inspired by. This podcast is about waking up the witch, which means we are learning and growing every day. That being said, we're always open to feedback on how we can do better. Now, let's go, ghouls. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Taylor. Hey, Amber. How was your week? Uh, My week was good. I had a busy work week. I took care of lots of friends and family this week at work so that was nice made it go by fast mm, it's like hanging out i'm sure when you're doing that yeah it's so good mm. i have the best job in the world and then i got out of work early on thursday and we all went to the winery i love that winery me too the scenery is just so good it's so good and the wine is so good mm-hmm. nothing too exciting um i finally got to listen to our episode from last week with Celeste and I'm so obsessed and I can't wait for everyone's feedback. I bet everybody's just as obsessed with her as we are. I could listen to her talk for days. Yeah. Days. That was such a good interview. That She's was such so a good fun. storyteller. Yeah. I'm totally. Just, I love the whole thing. How was your week? It was great. I mean, editing that episode, my heart was just so happy every day that I worked on it and I kept texting you, like, I'm just so excited for this. I'm so excited for this. It's so going to be so good. So, yeah, I did a lot of podcast editing this week, uh, but I also had a lot of lovely moments. I got a mani-pedi and just, like, a little bit of self-care this week, just taking time for me to rest. And I had three different clients this week, which was really fun. I did uh, two past life regressions and a Reiki session, and all were just so powerful. and. I just feel so good after doing that. Like when I do the work, when I help people and facilitate these sessions, I feel just as energized afterwards, especially doing Reiki. It's like I'm giving Reiki and receiving Reiki. You have to tap in quite a bit. Yeah. It's just, it feels so good connecting in that way and connecting to all the energies around and helping people just seeing how they feel afterwards and hearing the feedback as days go by. Just... It's my soul's work, and it I'm feels so good. I'm ready to do good. it again. I'm always <laughs> fucking buzzing yeah. for like a while after, yeah. so it feels great. I'm ready. I to also jump have back the in. best job. <laughs> We're so lucky. Yeah, this week's been good though. I guess I did see live music on Friday. Oh yeah, we got pizza Friday. We got pizza. Gluten free pizza exists in this world. That like good gluten free pizza. It I was, was so excited. Yeah, so happy. How was that concert? That you went to after pizza. It was good. We just played pool. There wasn't that many people there. It was really awesome. Live music, I don't feel like, is around that much. So any opportunity I have, I try to go see some. Should we talk about our guest that we had today? Oh my gosh, this guest. It was just so fun because 
I mean, it's our birthday month. So of course we want to learn more about ourselves. So we really sought out making sure we got a badass astrologer for you guys. And it was just so fun to learn more about birth charts and how we can use them in our daily lives in so many ways that I never even knew possible. Mm -hmm. Like talking about the business plans and looking at specific dates that are going to be so freaking on fire for you based on your birth chart that was really exciting I'm excited to work with her yeah so I guess she's a business coach like an astrologer business coach which I didn't know exist so you can hire her for your business and she'll do quarterly reads for you she also Um, just does like straight up birth charts too if you you aren't an entrepreneur and you just want to like learn more about your birth chart and and who you are mm-hmm. because of where the stars were when you were born. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I suggest grabbing a pen and paper. She totally. breaks down all the fundamentals for us of astrology and kind of, you know, here at Waking Up the Witch, we like to start from the basics. Like mm-hmm. we're coming from an angle of we know nothing. So she breaks down all the basics for us. She goes over the elements and the signs that they're attached to. She also um, integrates it with some tarot and how the mm, different mm-hmm. elements are like the different signs in the tarot. And then she went through all 12 houses, which was so mind-blowing. Yeah, um, I definitely left today with like a greater understanding of totally. that and just seeing the themes. I feel like learning astrology is totally tangible now. Yeah, I think that there's so much, like, there's so much information. It's so overwhelming. I can't sit there and just read through information like that and just absorb it all. So to have somebody go in, break it down, and then also give you, like, life things to attach it to to make it more Mm -hmm. relatable is really just that's the way I learned so yeah I honestly you might even have to listen twice there's so much information it's so good and she's just a very very knowledgeable human and we are so excited yeah and just a beautiful soul too I really loved connecting with her in this way and Honestly, we're going to have to have her back because she mm-hmm. is I have just so, so many well. more questions. <laughs> yeah, like we could have talked forever and ever and ever, but we want to keep these enough of a bite size for you to not be overwhelmed as well. So mm-hmm. uh, I hope that you enjoy this magical episode with Danielle Rosado. Please go give her a follow on all the socials. And don't forget to give us a follow as well on Instagram and TikTok at Waking Up the Witch. I would also love to read some stories and questions. I would love for that to be a part of this podcast. So if you have any witchy stories, any like life questions, relationship, Mm. family, anything like that, I think I'm excellent at giving advice. We could even do it like that. Please send it in to wakingupthewitch at gmail.com. Yeah, we would love to read your emails and share them with the We can keep it anonymous if that's what you want. And if you want people to know your name and you don't give a shit, then we'll do that too. Yeah, send in anything witchy or spooky or spiritual questions, all of it. We want to know about it. We would love to hear from you. It'll be past her birthday, but you can still wish Amber a happy (laughs) birthday when this episode comes out because we're celebrating today. So excited. Tara's is soon too. So happy birthday to you and happy happy birthday birthday to to me. (laughs) October baby. Yeah, we're going to go have some delicious food and wine today. So 
We hope you enjoyed this episode. It was so good for our hearts. And our next episode we look forward to um, is just going to be us. Yeah. And we're going to dive deep into all things Mama Moon. Mama Moon. (laughs) So if you have any questions about the moon, the moon cycles, how you cycle with the moon, what it means, send it in to us either on Instagram or email. We'll answer all those questions in the next episode. Enjoy. <laughs> so let's just take a couple breaths here to connect our energies. We'll take three deep breaths, breathing in and releasing. Breathing in again. And release. And this last one, let's hold at the top for a few seconds. Breathe in. Hold. And release. Like to call in my guides, Taylor's guides, and our beautiful guests guides to join us here today for this incredible opportunity to join in together and share in conversation, share in knowledge and wisdom, having this opportunity to grow a little deeper today. Thank you so much for bringing us together, allowing our paths to cross. Please allow for whatever is meant in this moment for the collective, be it today or five years from now, to come through. Help us to stay true to ourselves and become more and more authentic and aligned with our higher selves each and every day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm so incredibly grateful and excited to be introducing our next guest, Danielle Rosado. Welcome, Danielle. Thank you so much for joining us today on Waking Up the Witch. Please let us know who you are and what you do and all that good stuff. Yes. Thank you so much, ladies, for having me. Um, So everyone who's listening, hello. My name is Danielle Rosado, and I am an intuitive astrologer. I am a Reiki master teacher. I am a business coach. I do a lot of different things, a jack of all trades. Um, There's definitely a lot within my chart that shows exactly why I can't just choose one. Um, There's... (laughs) There's pieces of me that I feel are, of course, just like everyone else, very multifaceted, multi-passioned. Mm-hmm. And there's parts of my journey that have just unfolded with when, within one another and expanded within the next uh, thing that I was learning. And I feel like astrology um, was the one that really was the glue that kind of mm-hmm. brought it all together. So it was definitely the best confirmation uh, that showed the reasons why my path unfolded to be what it what it is today. So I love this question in regards to who are you and what is your magic? Because yeah. I feel I feel like that's continuing to just 
uh, expand and it really gets to be um, kind of like interpreted within my chart and within like the different transits and how we're all as a collective evolving over time. And so, yeah, so that's a little bit about me and um, how I kind of brought things together. But when it comes to my journey, I've been an astrologer for about four years now professionally, but I've been a lover of the stars for probably my entire life. And yeah, you know, I was definitely probably the girl, I don't know how old I was, like a preteen. Remember when you used to get like the cosmopolitans and read, <laughs> yes. like, like the horoscope? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. So that was definitely me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a Pisces. So I'm a Pisces sun. I'm a Leo moon. I'm a Leo rising. And Ooh. so. Yeah, so my whole life I, you know, identified as a Pisces, but then my Leo kind of took over and (laughs) I really fell in love with the Leo energy. And that is a little bit more of what I can relate to in regards to my work and how I like relate with other people now. Um, But my Pisces is definitely very apparent. And I, yeah, like I said, I just love the idea of the sun sign, even though now that I understand more parts of me I'm like yeah that's that's definitely more me (laughs) that's so so awesome how old were you when you realized that it's not just about the sun sign oh my love that was probably not that long ago that was definitely in the beginning of my journey so about four years ago when I first really started getting into it um it was just eye-opening. It's something that really um, helps you see yourself and understand yourself. I I think it was was a part of my own journey when I was just within my own self-discovery and I wanted to do this more for self-healing. It wasn't so much wanting to understand it, um, to use it in any way other than for healing purposes. So I think when it came to knowing about my moon sign, that was when I really was able to understand my emotional energy. And that was when I really started my self-care and my self-love journey. So again, identifying as a Pisces sun was something that was just kind of like standard. It was like, yeah, this is the category. This this is the label. This is who I am. But then once I understood my moon sign, it was like my whole world changed. And I was like, oh my gosh, I get it. I I know why I react the way I do. I know why I love the way I do. I know why I need the things I need, right? Like there's just so much that just came from that one thing that blew my mind. And then from there, um, I started following the moon. And then the more I started syncing myself with the moon cycles and the moon signs, that was when my world started going more into the other planets and the other ways of just discovering who I am and how it's all connected. So So I think a lot of people listening don't even know what a sun sign and a moon sign and the difference from um, and your rising. Could you explain all of that to us and what the difference is? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, there's different parts of 
your chart that make up who you are, but really like you are Most all people of think they're just their son, right? That's what you yeah. look up your horoscope. That's what everybody, when someone asks you say what your sun mm-hmm. sign is. Yeah, for sure. So everyone's familiar with their zodiac sign because that's depicted by your birthday. And so when it comes to like the month and the day you were born, of course, there's so much magic just from that alone. But when it comes to the time you were born, that's going to give you the bigger picture. So the reason the reason why the time is so important in regards to accuracy when it comes to looking up someone's birth chart is because the way I see it is it's going to start the entire chart. So that's depicted by the rising sign. The way that the rising sign is shown in the chart is it's it's in your first house, which is basically you. It's very personal. It's the self. So although everyone's familiar with their zodiac sign, uh, to me, that's 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 the sun sign. To me, that's Mm -hmm. more your personality traits. It's very much within your ego and like how you identify yourself. And it's more just kind of like me and who I am versus um, the rising sign is a lot more adaptable in regards to who you're around, how you're being perceived by that person. And also just like, again, your environment and uh, that gets to change over time. So I personally look at the rising sign as you in all of your cycles and all of your stages and and how you're evolving um, with who you who you're surrounding yourself with. And of course, like, you know, the the environment as a whole. So like what you're learning, what you're learning and what your conditioning is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I definitely see the rising sign um, as something that if you don't know your birth time, it's okay, you're not missing out. But I will say (laughs) that if you do know your birth time, it will absolutely give you that like missing piece, I feel that people um, can like unlock and really understand um, more of who they are. And for a lot of people, just so everyone knows, it's very common to have your zodiac sun sign and your rising sign to be the same. So sometimes it's just, it's sometimes more of who you already had thought you were, right? So sometimes it's not so new, um, but it can give you um, added perspective if it is a different sign than your zodiac sun sign. Um, But your moon sign, uh, that is very easily found in your chart, um, even if you don't know your birth time. The moon sign is more your internal world rather than the external, like the sun and the rising is more about how you are interacting with others, what you're learning and how you identify yourself. The moon is much more private, um, also depending on the moon sign itself, but it's definitely your emotional energy. It's your nurturing. It's your emotional Mm -hmm. needs. And Sorry, I'm laughing at my own moon sign. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm curious in regards to if you know your, I call it the big three, right? So if you yep, know your yes. big three. Yeah. So um, so I'm, mine is all water. So I'm Scorpio, Cancer, Pisces. Ooh, girl. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's she's, why I started laughing. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're all feelings. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Definitely. <laughs> 
beautiful. And um, I'm a Libra sun, Sagittarius moon, and Virgo rising. Okay, so you got a little mix there. You got water, mm -hmm. earth, and and the air as well. I love it. I love it. Yeah, there's definitely pieces of this that just learning your big three alone, I feel, can completely change your life. And yeah. I also love to. Um, if I don't, I'm not a big fan of horoscopes, but if I was to look at a horoscope, it is fun to see um, the other two as well. So, of course, like I said, I identify as a Pisces sun. But if I was to also look at the Leo horoscope, I would definitely have more of an understanding of the timing of where they got that interpretation um, for to even create that horoscope. So that's something that you girls can play with if you ever wanted to check the other ones as well. Yeah, I follow Chani Nicholas and get her emails. And she, like when she does that, she always suggests to read your sun and your rising as well, because one may resonate more. And she's like, trust your intuition. You'll know which one's meant for you. Yeah, and it's all a balance, right? That's the beautiful part about it. It's not one is better or more accurate than the other. It's like they're all telling their own story for a specific reason. And whatever you relate to the most is, of course, what's meant to be for you. But I will say oh that the horoscopes themselves are usually created through a rising sign perspective. So just so oh. you know. Yeah. That's yeah. fascinating. So, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, for so, sure. Wait, so, if you read your horoscope, it would be more off your rising side? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So you know how you know how some people, I mean, I definitely have noticed, especially before I understood astrology the way I do now, um, you would read a horoscope and be like, That's not me at all. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. it didn't it didn't yeah. make any sense. And it's not so much that it's not accurate, like I said, but there's mm -hmm. parts of that, that if you knew your rising sign, the way that they're interpreting the, the timing of what you could be going through and the area of your life of what you should be focusing on um, for that specific time um, is more through the rising sign. Because like I said, it creates the entire wheel which are all 12 signs and all 12 houses. And so again, that's more lingo, but the houses yeah. are basically just different areas of your life. And, and the signs are how they are expressed. So yeah. Interesting. So Do fun. you um, study or follow any other astrological calendars besides like the traditional one? Do you know, do you follow the Vedic or how many are there? I was going to say, yeah, I'm I'm personally a traditional tropical astrologer, so I'm usually with the Placidus system. Um, there's also the Veridic, like you're saying, which is more sidereal astrology, which is um, more within like like Eastern astrology. It's like Indian astrology, right? So mm -hmm. there's, there's different kinds in regards to what um, part of the world you're in. And so when it comes to tropical astrology for me living in the United States, um, when it comes to this part of the Northern Hemisphere, right, I just, it, that's how I learned. And it's also because that's where I was born. So it mm. just 
it's easier for me to read and understand. However, I know a lot of astrologers who live on this side of the world who study sidereal astrology and they find it to be more accurate and they love it. Um, I don't, again, think that one is more accurate than the other. It really is just about how you intuitively feel like that is more me versus the other. Because if I was to look at my sidereal chart, I'm a completely different person. <laughs> All the planets are in different signs and it's just a different interpretation of pr probably the same thing. It's just how you look at it. It's all perception. I don't think I realized there were so many different types of astrology before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's there's different house. Yeah, there's different house systems. And that's the complexity of astrology. And that's why as what I do now, I like to explain to them that there's going to be different ways that you can interpret this. Um, but when it comes to what I'm seeing, I'm just seeing like one part of the bigger whole, right? So I always explain that to them that it's like, you know, this is just one layer of this story. Uh, there's many layers. And that's the that's the part that even though it gets complex, even for me as a practicing astrologer, I also love to see different um, different interpretations and different uh, ways of seeing the same thing. It all comes down to the same themes, the same yeah. the same story. So that's the that's the part that um, is cool about learning the other house systems is because you're gonna learn that it kind of just comes back together to the same thing. So fun. Can we kind of mm -hmm. go through and break down some basics of astrology? So. Each sign has a element associated yes. with it, correct? Yes. So there's the four elements, right? We have water, air, earth, and fire. Can you explain what just those four elements mean when they're associated to astrology and your sign? Yeah, absolutely. So each sign has its element. So we have the fire signs, which are, um, we have Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius, right? So our fire signs are more active, right? I love tying mm -hmm. all of my like tools together. So I think of the fire signs as like the wands in the tarot, right? You okay. think of them as like, you know, passion, and there's a lot more activation within the fire energy. Um, to me, I remember fire as like, movement, right? Like we kind of need to um, move that energy, because it usually gets to be almost like very heated, right? There's a lot of it. Yeah. It's a lot of heart. It's a lot of, um, again, passion. There's a lot of um, just pieces of the fire energy that like they like to see things um, in action and progress and constantly be moving, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you see the water element, which of course is we have Pisces, we have Cancer, Scorpio, that's more of our intuitive, emotional, nurturing energy. So that's going to be more about feelings. It's more, um, you know, pieces of this that's more caretaking, caregiving. Um, there's parts of that that aren't so much about, you know, how much can I get done today? And it's more about, can I soften? Can I be gentle with myself? Can I, you know, feel my feelings with more compassion? 
right? So there's definitely some more fluidity and intuition with the water than fire, but fire can be a little bit more like impulsive, right? It's, it's like, literally like gonna cry because yes. like emotional. I'm like, oh god, and her eyes are literally tearing <laughs> up right now. Aww, yeah. <laughs> That triple water, girl. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Trust me, I get it. I love yeah. it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because there's parts of it that, you know, again, even just working with the elements and understanding the elements that, like we were talking about with the big three, like, you know, you're mostly, you're all water. So even just mm -hmm. learning how to work with the element of water to, you know, soothe you and to help you just like relate with the world and the earth more just through that element alone can be so nourishing. So I think just you saying that part, like I'm always very hard on myself for like not getting enough done and doing enough. And then you explaining that almost felt like permission to me to like... Mm -hmm to let that be to be more soft and to let myself rest more and be a little bit more gentle with myself and I think that's why it kind of made me a little emotional because I'm always like why can't I do more why am I not doing this this and this yeah because you're the thing is you're designed from a place of again intuition it's not so much about force or you know expectation of like how that's supposed to be like intuition is so um in the moment and it's very connected with spirit and the ether and it doesn't make sense it's illogical <laughs> it's it's creative right so it gets very to be feminine your, too. Yeah, yeah so but, feminine exactly yeah. so there's parts of that that you get to really dance with your energy in a more sacred way um versus other energies like earth right like an earth energy would be a lot more um that's like the material right i think of the pentacles in tarot right they mm -hmm. they're more desire for success within security and feeling like they have everything they need and so when it comes to earth energy they look for that practical sensible logical step that i can take so that i can create more of that security and comfort in my life that i can feel grounded and i can feel safe in so mm -hmm. so we think of energy yes exactly <laughs> and and the thing is that's so beautiful about this is when we're thinking about this it's not that we're teaching ourselves this it's very much taught in our world so I look at a Taurus, right, such as my partner, who's a Taurus, and, you know, he grew up with that work ethic that was drilled in his, you know, subconscious from, you know, a child of like responsibility and, you know, getting yeah. good grades and getting a job. And, you know, if you want that thing that you want to pay for, you have to, you know, work for it, you know, so there's parts of it that it's very much, a, it's designed within us through again like our what we're learning from even just as a kid you know so there's parts of this that i find fascinating because you know we think that we're shaping ourselves to be like this but it's also very much environmental um but then totally. yeah so you know earth energy we have taurus capricorns and virgos um they're the ones who are definitely more i would say 
hard on themselves. And I think it's because they have this expectation of what success is supposed to be like. And if they don't reach that very, like, sometimes it's like, come on, you got to give yourself a break. Do you, are you giving yourself credit for everything you just did? Like, do you know what you just accomplished? And they're just in this mindset of like the long-term gain and the long-term security. And so it's not always just about what they're doing for right now, but it's about like paving the foundation that's going to last a lot longer. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's that well, earth that's energy. Water sign. I think we skipped over um, which part of the tarot that you would compare that to. That is definitely cups energy. So, yeah. So that's like, um, <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that. Feel your cup. <laughs> yes. Which Amber said, it's, it's a lot more feminine. So, you know, mm-hmm. I think of the cups and we think of like the two of cups is when, you know, it's like the soulmate relationship card. And then you have, you know, the queen of cups, which is just very creative and nurturing. So, yeah, cups energy, a lot more with it, tapped into your emotions. Um, but then, yeah, we have the air signs, which I know we got Libra, right? We have mm-hmm. um, Gemini and Aquarius and I think the air signs are misunderstood. <laughs> I Thank feel like, you. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like no one understands air signs. Um, and I love so, them. We're so yeah. flowy. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, and no, even, all my people are. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, so even myself, right? I had a moment as an astrologer that I wasn't connecting with any Libras. And it was starting to weird me out. I was like, are there any (laughs) Libras in this world? Like, I thought that maybe they missed the mark with, you know, they either became a Virgo or a Scorpio. And I was like, (laughs) right? And I wanted to like study them. I wanted to ask them questions. Like, 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 can we please just like debunk the myths of Libras? Like, what are they like? What are they about? So let's do a whole episode on me. I'm down. I got some opinions about some Libras I know. (laughs) And that's that's usually the case. I remember I literally posted about this and they were like, oh, you want to know about Libras? And I'm like, oh gosh, like, is there something that I'm missing here? But here's the thing. In my chart, right, I have Libra in my chart. And this is the thing that confuses people. They don't realize that you have all 12 signs in your Mm -hmm. chart. But you may not have a planet in that chart. And that doesn't mean that you aren't an expression of that energy. It just means that karmically, you weren't meant to learn or focus with that energy for whatever Mm -hmm. reason. Right. So for me, I don't have any planets in Libra. So I think that that was even more of a reason why I was confused by them. And it's funny because Libras tend to be a little confused sometimes. So I thought it was (laughs) ironic. In the most loving way possible. So it's just funny how air signs are like flowy. Mm -hmm. Like, how would you describe them? Air signs are intellectual, right? There's Mm -hmm. pieces of that, that they're more mental energy. So if I was to, you know, identify with 
tarot like we've been it's the swords energy right there's a lot more of that um clarity that's necessary um there's parts of this that they just desire that intellectual stimulation so if you were to talk with a gemini which again i'm using puns here right like gemini's <laughs> They love to talk. They, they love to talk. So much <laughs> but Gemini's, you know, they, if, if there's anything in regards to why are they getting so much hate, right? In regards mm -hmm. to, you know, people think that they change their minds a lot, right? Or they're, they're flaky or they, they can't make up their minds, right? And so if you hear like these common things in regards to, Libras tend to be indecisive or confused, or, you know, Geminis tend to get in their heads and overanalyze, and Aquariuses seem to be the geniuses who are just inventing new technology and apps of the world, right? So I it's like, <laughs> what do we all have in common here? They're all mental. They're all working yeah. through yeah. their minds versus many other things. So whether that's working in a light way, right? Or if they're in the shadows of it, it's all the same. So beautiful. Yeah. That's so I fun. That. Thanks for breaking down all of that. That was I a have great question. More <laughs> and if we have time. Um so then like what do the houses mean? Like what does any of that mean? Okay. I wanna so go to houses and then I'm gonna ask you about planets. <laughs> okay. Well, the beautiful part about astrology is, again, it's all connected. So yeah. if we were to break it down from the very beginning, we would start with you, right? So the first house is the self. It's quite mm -hmm. literally everything about you and just you. So I always say the first house is the house where you get to be selfish and think, but what about me? Right? So it's cool because the first house is quite literally the start of the entire cycle. So I always look at this through the lens of this is the new rebirthed version of you. Whenever there's going to be a planet that transits your first house, whatever the expression of that planet is, that is going to be now expressed in the new cycle, the new chapter. So when it comes to the first house, this is, you know, self-image, self-confidence, uh, your physical appearance, very much how you are, like your first impression and how people can quite literally see you, your outward expression. Uh, so this can be through how you dress, how you talk, how you, you know, carry yourself. Um, and again, is that really- always the same or always changing? Are the houses coming in and out? Are the planets coming in and out of the houses or is this a fixed thing all the time? So your birth chart is always going to remain the same. That is mm -hmm. never going to change. However, when it comes to where the planets are today, that is going to be what's called a transit, right? Because it's in motion. Mm -hmm. That's going to be moving across a specific area of your life. So that is always changing. So when I was saying that if a planet is crossing over your first house, this is the new rebirth uh, version of whatever that planet's expression is, then, um, then that's what I meant. So for instance, you know, I always think of when the sun is crossing over your rising sign, which is your first house, um, that's kind of like a birthday energy, right? It's like, ooh, okay. Mm -hmm. Like I get to celebrate myself because the sun is you in astrology and the rising sign is also very much 
you. So there's parts of that that like you get to kind of just be really expressive of like, yeah, this is who I am now. And you get to be more loud and proud about it. It's like, you know, hey, you know, maybe I want to, you know, do a rebrand or maybe I want to go shopping and kind of get rid of all my old clothes or maybe I want to go on a first date. And because you just have this like new sense of confidence of this is who I am and this is the direction I'm going in. So, so yeah, so, so, so the first house is very fun because you get to play with that. I always think of astrology as like, there's different archetypes, right? So you get to, you get to kind of play with the archetype that your first house is. And again, depending if there's a planet crossing over that, you get to play with the archetype of that planet as well. Um, So yeah, first house is you. Second house is the money, honey. Everybody loves second house. (laughs) So that's very fun to play with when we're talking about, you know, entrepreneurship and business and uh, just, you know, different ways that you can bring in income. Um, It's very material. There's a lot of resources within the second house that's not so much about what's shared with other people. It's more about what you own and what's mm. what you possess. So second house is more personal. And, and is that something that we're kind of born into, like where our placements are in our birth chart, you could kind of see like how money will flow into our lives, like kind of a peekaboo mm-hmm. into what we should be doing. Oh, 100%. Yeah, it, it talks Fine. about your entire relationship with money. Um, oh, okay. Every, Everyone has a different relationship, as we know, and mm-hmm. some of that is, again, conditioned within us, and a lot of it we kind of mm-hmm. have to teach ourselves over time. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, for sure. So, you know, whether I don't have any planets in my second house, right? And I've been oh, pretty, same. and I've I've been just fine, right? <laughs> so, so and I'm sure that plays into with all the many interests and kind of having different avenues and not being able to pick just one thing as you were talking about in the beginning. Absolutely. So there's, Mm -hmm. there's parts of it that, you know, my second house is Virgo. So I also kind of had, I had to teach myself um, what Virgo energy was so that I can understand my relationship with money a little bit more Mm -hmm. deeper. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so there's pieces of that, that again, um, if you were to tell me that I have the relationship with money like a Virgo, I would be like, no, I don't. Because Virgos are a lot more organized and they're a lot more like on a budget. And uh-huh. so for me, I, I, I feel like I have to work, I have to work towards that. You know, like I'm, I'm working yeah. towards that so that I can have a more healthier, well-balanced relationship with money. So just because, you know, it's in your birth chart, doesn't mean that you're automatically going to work well <laughs> with that energy. Right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so there's pieces of that, that I also love to remind people, you know, this isn't like a concrete um, expectation of who you are and how you operate. Um, mm-hmm. We still have free will at the end of the day. And, mm-hmm. you know, 
how we're choosing to perceive what these different placements mean and how this is going to be interpreted within our lives. Um, it really depends on you. And I always, you know, invite people into a more empowered way of viewing their chart so that they don't get discouraged if they see a more malefic planet, which is a little bit more harsh and challenging in their mm. second house of money that they're like, is this just doomsday? And I'm, I'm just never gonna <laughs> be able to keep, right? Like, like, what does this mean for me? And so I always like to help people understand um, how to heal their relationship with specific placements and so that they don't feel like, you know, this is something that's permanent and something that's not going to shift over time. Right. Yeah. So, I so yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Th I think that that's the part of astrology that in the beginning, when people were first learning, they got a little, um, they got a little too into it. Right. They were like, oh my gosh, like this is my entire life and this is it. And this is my <laughs> karma and there's nothing else to it. And it's like, no, <laughs> there's, yeah, there's, taking it there's, very literal. Exactly. Very literal. And there's so many possibilities. And so, so yeah. So again, when it comes to like money, right. Um, there's definitely a lot of ways that you can work with your chart. Um, even if you don't have a planet there, or if you don't, truly relate with the sign that it's in you can learn how to do that with other parts of your chart too so awesome. and what so is yeah. our third house so yeah so the third house is all about communication so this is mm -hmm. the house that's traditionally ruled by gemini so this has to do with our mindset our thoughts our words there's a lot here that has to do with like your education right how you learned not just through um, reading and writing, but through your peers, right? Um, you know, mm. I always think of third house kind of like elementary school, right? Like mm. you're, you're learning about yourself through these social circles that you're in, whether you wanted to be in one, or if you wanted to be a part of a club or an activity after school, or if you just wanted to be by yourself or like what was the vibe right so mm -hmm. there's there's a lot within the third house that i see as um all things communication and um yeah kind of like your daily thoughts your daily words and then fourth house is much more personal. This is going to be more like behind closed doors energy. Uh, this is the home life, your family life, uh, very private, uh, not always seen in the public. Um, there's parts of this that it goes very deep. So I love the fourth house because it's not just about the home that you were growing up in. It's also your ancestors. It's, mm. you know, your lineage. It's the people before you, um, there's parts of this that can also go all the way up to the family that you have, if you grow one when you get older or your children, um, it's the house of the mother. So you can see this as the relationship you have with your mom or your relationship as a parent to yourself, or you can see this as, wow. you know, the mother you are to either your actual children or just kids in general or just people in general right so 
There is a lot to the fourth house that I love to work with. This is traditionally ruled by cancer. And mm. so, yeah, so I look at the fourth house as the inner child. So and interestingly enough, we're about to enter into this Scorpio season, right? And that mm -hmm. is my fourth, that's my fourth house. And so one of the ways wow. that that's showing up in my life, yeah, it's fun, fun little story. One of the ways that's showing up in my life is I'm about to prepare for a move, right? Mm. So I'm about to switch locations, switch states, and actually leave the relationship that I have living with my mom. So wow. there's, yeah, so there's a lot here in how it gets to show up in different ways. Yeah. My mom is literally calling me right now. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Like, yeah. They they hear us, right? We invited That's our guides. So funny. That's true. Right. <laughs> we asked our guides to be here and there they are. That is so funny. Wow. Wow. So excited mm -hmm. for your move. That's that's yeah, that's yeah. really wild and seems very appropriate. Mm -hmm. For the time. It's always, yep, right on time. Exactly. Um, so yeah, so the fourth house is definitely a lot more, um, there's a lot of emotional depth to that, as you can imagine, with different people's childhoods, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then we have the fifth house. And the fifth house to me is the house of fun. We get to play. It's also very connected with the inner child, but in a different way. It's more imaginative and creative. It's mm. our expression when it comes to our art and music and entertainment and what we like to do for fun. And um, it's very playful. So it's also the house of love and romance. But it's not so connected to commitment. It's more like dating and let's go have fun together and let's get to know each other. And so there's a lot of, um, just a lot of, yeah, just connection with what you want to do, right? More desire mm -hmm. um, within the fifth house. So again, some people can play into that more and some people, may have a harder time with that. So it really is, again, depending on how that's expressed within you. Some people may feel like I don't have time to play. I only mm. can work right now, right? So it's interesting. I know. And, <laughs> yeah. But I also feel it's, it's a lot of fun. Even again, if you have, let's say a placement that felt restricted from having fun, let's say growing up, right? Um, mm -hmm. Let's say if, if someone had a Saturn in their fifth house, right? And they felt like they never really had the chance to do the things that they wanted to do. You know, let's say they wanted to go to the slumber parties, but their parents were really strict and didn't allow them to sleep over friends' mm -hmm. houses or anything like that, right? Um, I noticed that when they go, when they grow older, um, one or two things can happen. They can either um, overindulge in having too much fun, right? Or they and then learn some lessons with that, or yeah. they can completely limit themselves. And then they have children, which again, the fifth house is, um, it could be a house of, of children. So there's pieces of that, that it's like, you know, they learn how to be a kid through their kids, right? Wow. So it's, 
it's so cool how, again, it, it continues to be different layers of the story that it's, it's never just in one box. Yeah, so. I'm already still mind blown. And that was the fifth house. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you can also so see the help. fifth house. Yeah. As fertility. So whenever, yeah, whenever a planet is crossing there and I'm like, mm, are we trying to have kids or <laughs> do, we to, do we need to take some cautions here? <laughs> like, just be mindful. <laughs> so it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And then the sixth um, house. Yeah. So the sixth house is the house of work. So no more fun. And now we're getting to work. Uh, so... so so yeah, so the sixth house is um, more of like your being of service. It's your schedule. It's your daily routine. Um, you can also see it as the house of health and wellness. So mm-hmm. this is all connected, right? Um, we have to be aware that it's all a balance, right? So when we think about the sixth house, you know, a lot of people may self-sacrifice when it comes to their work or when it comes to even their routine, right? Or even their health routine, sometimes they're self-sacrificing, right? So there's parts of that that I always say, you know, the sixth house is like mind, body, and soul and how we're integrating all of it. And I love what you said earlier, Taylor, when you said like, this is a permission slip for me, right? Mm -hmm. So there's there's pieces of that that I feel when I'm, talking to people about their sixth house and I'm giving them a permission slip that it's not supposed to be this everyday constant rigid routine and it gets to be a little bit more them, right? Like this is your way of showing up in the world every day. And then they just feel so much more relieved and relaxed um, because I feel like, you know, Mm -hmm. just how our world is set up. Sometimes they tell you how you're supposed to be showing up every day. Yeah. So yeah, so the sixth house is a beautiful way of really understanding just how you're treating yourself and how you are just really working with your energy and not against yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So, so yeah. Seventh house. So yeah, so the first six houses are much more internal right it's like okay Okay. this is kind of this is like you know who i am and how i've shaped myself to who who i am and how i grew up and so there's a lot within the first six houses that um again like even if you if we're stopping at the sixth house you can see that as you were conditioned in a specific way growing up let's say if you had chores or if you didn't have chores right so so there's pieces of that that are very much more like okay this is who i am and how i was taught to be who i am but then the next six houses are a lot more in the world it's your relationship Mm -hmm. um to other people and to the public and to your career and to traveling so so there's going to be a lot less of that um you know who you knew your whole life and it's going to be more about okay now are you going to expand and kind of get yourself out of your comfort zone and be more again in the world so the seventh house it starts there because that is quite literally the relationship with another person so mm-hmm. this is when if we see it through the chart 
the first house is the house of self. And then the direct opposite of that is the seventh house, which is the house of the other. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So again, everything becomes a balance. So then it becomes more about relationships and partnerships, commitments, um, marriage, and all things that have to do with um, compromise and working with another person. So the seventh house is a beautiful house. It is the house of Libra. So this is again, balance and working with someone else, but it can also be the house of like legal matters, law and, you know, court and things like that. And the way I see that, because it's a house of marriage, you can also view it as, you know, it's, it's a contract, right? Yeah. It's, it's some, it's something that's more um, committed. So, so yeah, so the seventh house is the other, the eighth house, it expands, it gets more intimate. So the eighth house is very loaded. And also very misunderstood. People get confused um, <laughs> with eighth house energy because they hear one thing and then they don't hear another, right? So people relate with the eighth house. It's the house of Scorpio um, as the house of death, right? So they're like, oh gosh, like mm -hmm. that's the only thing I heard. And so it's important to understand um, it's the house of, you know, transformation. There's a yeah. lot with... There's a lot with eighth house that's death and rebirth at the same yeah. time. That's why it's so chaotic and there's so much to it. Right? There's always this like beginning and ending uh, metamorphosis, right? Um, it's mm -hmm. a very karmic house. So you can't really explain all the depths to it um, because it just kind of, it's very spiritual. It's very... Um, otherworldly like there's parts to it that the veil is very thin so if i see the eighth house i would also see it as like you know the other side it's the shadow it's you know spirit it's you know if we're talking about death you can see it as you know the afterlife and what happened you know how things are all connected and you know it's also the house of intimacy and you know merging with another soul so again, that can get kind of messy too, right? Like there's <laughs> there's so much to that. But, you know, you can also see it as a financial house. So since we were talking about the second house of money, which was more mm -hmm. personal income, the eighth house is shared resources. So mm -hmm. it's, if you think about it in like a marriage, right? You know, they're joining bank accounts and they're sharing homes and they're sharing everything that they own with one another. So that's eighth house energy. It starts to come together, but also um, you can see it through financial um, realms in regards to other people's money, which basically means, you know, debts or investments or inheritances. So it's a lot less yours, if you know what I mean, mm. right? Mm -hmm. But it very much can be a part of your world, right? So, so yeah, so eighth house, there's a lot that goes on there. And yeah, yeah. it was a great way to describe that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and so, you know, it's important to recognize, you know, if we're talking about the sign that occupies a house that's the best way to remember so you know people also don't understand everything about scorpio energy right and yeah. they don't 
they don't even recognize that, you know, Scorpio, Scorpios are also very um, embedded within this like karmic signature, right? And so even like Scorpios themselves don't understand the full depth of like why things are happening, but they also are just more intuitive and they're more following um, what's right in front of them, even when it feels kind of dark, right? Or something that mm -hmm. feels very intense. That's the best word, intense. So I feel like when it comes to eighth house, it's very much the same that, um, you know, it's something that you can either be grieving and you can be um, kind of losing, feeling like a loss of some kind, but then you can also very much have alchemy and healing and intuitive, um, kind of like a superpower that gets activated through the eighth house because when all else is lost, sometimes what do you have? You have yourself and you have spirit. Mm -hmm. So I just love eighth house energy, even though it's very intense, there's parts to that, that it's like, it's very deeply healing. Um, even when you're having like those dark nights of the soul. Right. So, but then, yeah, it gets a little lighter after that. Right. Um, <laughs> the night, <laughs> the ninth house is the house of Sagittarius. So this is all travel. This is culture. This is, also education, but it's less about learning through textbook and it's more about learning through experience and learning through people. Um, so there's parts of this that um, you can see this as like the house of, you know, different languages, different religions, different like belief systems, different truths. And so I feel like a lot of ninth house energy is usually people who are if they're not a world traveler of some kind, they're usually philosophers or writers or bloggers or, you know, just some kind of publishing in some, in, of some kind to teach you about the world, right? So Sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. So the ninth house is a lot of fun. To me, I, I view it as like an adventure. And I also see it as a house of expansion and really just like thinking bigger. Right. Oh. So, so yeah. And then uh, the 10th house is more your career. So this is all career, business, achievements, your goals. Um, so you can view that as, you know, it's the house of Capricorn. So this is kind of more of like the public eye, the public image. So it's interesting when it comes to what people do right and they say like so what's your magic and what do you do and then you tie it with the 10th house and it's even more interesting when people have experiences of like this is what i've done my whole life but i don't want to do it anymore yeah. and and then they realize that there's there's pieces of that that were also very much living within their 10th house of like this is one part of how you were expressing that energy but now this is a different way of how you're expressing that energy. So again, it's all perception. But yeah, so the 10th house is very interesting. Again, this is the most visible that you're going to be to the public eye. So if you're someone who wants to be a leader of some kind, if you want to be an influence, if you want to, you know, even be like a speaker or anything like that, if you want to reach more people, um, you're going to look at your 10th house to understand the best way to do that. And then the 11th house is just kind of like an extension of that. The 11th house 
is more your network. It's your community. It's your friendships, your coworkers, the people that you're collaborating with, the people you are sharing ideas with, sharing information with. Um, so the 11th house also could be related with work, but you can also relate this with like things you like to do, the clubs you're a part of, the things you like to learn. So there's parts of the 11th house that's it's very group oriented. So again, it's very much like how you are with, let's say, social media and your audience, right? So there's parts of that that I always see the 11th house as it's not just groups and audience, but it could also be um, the internet, technology, uh, teams, things like that. Mm. And then, yeah, and then we leave it off with the 12th house, which is similar to the eighth house in regards to how in depth it can go. And here's a little fun fact before I tell you all things 12th house. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you noticed, I kind of stopped and I said, and then this house we go deep, right? So, yeah. so we have the fourth, the eighth, and the 12th house, and they're all water sign houses. Okay. I was I was catching on to this about two houses ago and like <laughs> okay I'm I'm getting the themes here and how they're matching up with the astrological signs and everything. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, you know, we have, you know, the 4th house of Cancer, the 8th house of Scorpio, and the 12th house of Pisces. And yeah. so as we know, you know, I, me as a Pisces, I can definitely attest to this. Um there's no form with Pisces, right? There's no bounds. So we're very much, you know, there's no boundaries. So when it comes to the 12th house, it can also get very much like that in-between energy, right? It's like, okay, this is the ending of the cycle. This is, we're closing things out. We're surrendering. We're letting go. We are decluttering. We are reflecting on the past, we are being very nostalgic, um, but we're also preparing for the new. So to me, I see, you can view it in a different, a couple different ways. You can see the 12th house as like a cosmic womb, right? Like you're, you're about to be reborn in some way. So sometimes we retreat, we rest, we kind of shut out the world and we, we don't want to be seen. Um, or you can see it as kind of like, um, like a void period, right? It's, it's Mm -hmm. very much like, okay, I'm not exactly who I was before, but I'm not who I want to be just yet. So it's that limbo transition, um, that happens when people get a little, I I just want to say like, they get a little like lost, right? So there's parts of the 12th house that, again, there's no boundaries here. So what is needed more than ever is for you to tune in and just really explore like your consciousness, explore like your desires and ask your guides and, you know, see like what comes through, see what you receive during that time. Because I always say like, if you're going through anything 12th house, you're not really meant to be asking other people, what am I supposed to be doing right now? You know, like you're really supposed to be like within tuning in. And so it's beautiful because 
um, you do get to really get to know yourself. And, you know, they say it's the house of undoing, right? So if this is kind of like peeling back the layers in a way, you get to really shed any parts of you that you don't want to be anymore. And then you get to really just follow your soul's calling instead. So wow. yeah, the 12th yeah, the twelve house is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank wow. you so much for going over all of those. Of yeah, that's, it's really fascinating. I feel like I definitely understand that much deeper. Yeah. Like you explained things so beautifully and it just makes me really excited to like see where all my shit is in, yeah. in my chart, you know, <laughs> like where yeah. it's crossing over when I was born mm-hmm. and now. And like, so how would we pay attention to that right now? Like with what's going on in the stars and the planets and everything, how would we know what we personally are being affected by? Yeah. So that's a really beautiful question. So um, one of the things that you were saying you know, we also have to know about the planets, right? So yeah. we, so the the beautiful part, like I said, about astrology, it's all connected. You know, every house has a sign that also has a planet that it's ruled by, right? So Makes when so it comes, <laughs> yeah, so it's all connected. And that's the way I learned. That's exactly how I learned because mm-hmm. it's, it's all the same, right? Like if we're mm-hmm. talking about the 12th house being Pisces, and then we we know that the ruler of that house is Neptune, then Neptune is going to be this more or less the same energy as Pisces in 12th house, right? So, mm-hmm. of course, the planets do have their own expressions that could go, again, within its own territory. But overall, it gets to be the same themes. So when we're talking about, okay, what's going on right now and how do I understand how that's impacting me, um, you know, that's a practice in regards to understanding um, the expression of the sign and the expression of the house and the expression of the planet. So it really, what I mean by this is like everything is connected. So it's not just about the relationship that the planet has with the, the specific area of your life it's in. But it's also how you relate to that planet on your own terms. So, for instance, mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm going to tell you, you know, Venus is in Libra right now, and this is her home sign, and she loves to be here. And you know, Venus is all about love and soulmates and relationships and harmony. And I'm telling you that this is a beautiful time to be in love or to find love because it is. Mm-hmm. This this week is gorgeous for all things relationships but you're going through one hell of a time with your relationship right? and, you, and you're sitting here like um i'm definitely i'm going through a breakup right now right like, yeah. right? like i'm fighting with my partner right now things are definitely not in harmony right now right so then you would really have to understand okay what else is going on and how is that impacting your chart? Because it's all, they're all connecting with one another, right? So, so that's the thing. I I look at the planets as people, right? And they all have their own personalities. They have their, they have their own way of doing things. So, okay, cool. Venus is in Libra, but if Venus in Libra is going through 
an altercation with another planet at the moment, then probably Venus and Libra is going to get a little cornered and she's not going to be in the fullest embodiment <laughs> of her truth. Right? Like, so, so, she's close so, for business. <laughs> yeah. Like, like she's not having a good time. So, yeah. so, th so there's pieces of that, that, you know, when you asked me that question again, it, it's, it really is how you are relating with your world. And it's important that you don't, you don't put it in a box so much, right? So mm -hmm. the reason I'm saying this is because, you know, these planets are constantly moving. That, that's yeah. the beauty of this. And that's something that I learned with an astrology that saved me. It's like, everything is temporary. Everything has a cycle, mm -hmm. right? So when it comes to like these cycles that we're in, it could be impacting you in a specific way, but it's going to keep moving. Things are going to keep moving on. And yeah, so just a little bit of time, just wait. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's definitely what I help my clients with. I very much like to help them understand not only the cycle they're in, but like the timeline that things are going to progress into next so that they can prepare and that they can really just have something to not only work with but also look forward to right so that they know okay wow maybe i am going through a harder time right now but things will lighten up and shift you know very shortly and or within this time frame so that they can have you know more of an understanding so yeah so i know that that kind of went around your question but i hope that that answered it no in no more. that totally helps and i mean i feel like we could do a whole another 30 minutes on planets and break this down i feel like we could talk for hours and hours and hours and i really want to have you on as many times as you would like to so we could continue to break down the full chart but i also want to make sure like that we are touching on like what do you do as you're bringing up working with clients uh, mm -hmm. what kind of offerings do you have? How could people work with you? What does that look like? What are some of your favorite ways to work with people using astrology? Yeah, so thank you for asking. I definitely first started with looking at astrology and helping clients use astrology for that self-discovery, life path, understanding all the different layers of who they are um, so that they can heal themselves because that was the beginning of my journey with astrology was I was using it as a self-healing tool. And mm -hmm. once I, that was more through the placements, just understanding my placement. Okay, I have my moon in Leo in the 12th house. What does that mean? How do I work with that energy? And, you know, like, how does that get expressed? So again, I just kind of took one of the placements and one at a time I was understanding myself. So that's very much what I like to, you know, work with my clients in the beginning, just helping them understand, okay, this is an expression of who you are and this is how you can navigate this. And it really is curated with their goals and their intentions of why they desire to even learn about themselves. Right. Yeah. So, so that was definitely the beginning pieces of it. And that's always What's included. That that's just a birth chart reading. Yeah. Because like I said, I just include that 
in everything that I do. And Mm -hmm. then it gets extended, right? So I definitely, like I said in the beginning, I am a business coach. So you can call me a business astrologer uh, because I do like to help business owners really learn how to use their birth charts to create soul aligned offers to attract their clients um, that are definitely meant to work with them so that they can learn how to feel more balanced as an entrepreneur. Um, Because I feel like, again, there's just so much, this is what you should be doing kind of information out there. So it's just really learning how to live by your own design and your own truth. So I very much have been interpreting the houses and the signs through the lens of all things entrepreneurship right so um it's so it's it's interesting with that service that's a little bit more of a um, business reading so i have a couple of those that could be either a a wealth i call it a cosmic wealth reading which is just Mm -hmm. identifying the different placements in your chart so that you can you know feel the most connected with wealth that you can and wealth in all ways, right? Abundance in all ways. And then um, the other is my quarterly readings, which is the most common way that business owners work with me. They meet with me kind of like an, a, a consultant that, you know, every three months they meet with me and I give them, you know, different strategy and like specific dates that they could be working with so that they can launch their projects and their workshops and their programs. And it's so fascinating to me when, I give them this information and I completely forget about it. And then they come back to me. (laughs) Like, I I don't remember any of that. And then they come Uh back to me and they're like, Danielle. And I was like, (laughs) Oh my God, this is so cool. Like it's, it's it's wild. So I have a question about that. So when you're doing Mm -hmm. that, so say you're doing the birth chart or the business reading, are you doing like the birth chart of the person and their business or like when the birth of the business was? I could, I I could honestly, I could be doing any of those things. So usually I will be looking at just your birth chart and I will be looking at the transits, right? Where the planets are in the sky right now. And I will be looking at what's called an ephemeris. The ephemeris is the different dates that tell me when the planet is going to shift into a new sign or, you know, it gives me the timeline of what the planets are doing. So the ephemeris is what I'm using. That's the more complex astrology that breaks everything down by degrees, right? And that teaches you the timing. So that's when I can give you an exact day that something's about to happen. And that's when it gets a lot more fascinating when it comes to like, someone called me a time witch and I loved it. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) and I was like, I'm a total time witch because I love, yeah, I love knowing you know, what to expect on certain days. And again, nothing's guaranteed, but Uh when something shows up, I'm like, ah, but of course. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So witchy. So I want to do this with you. That sounds like such a blast. And yeah, we should definitely do that. That would be awesome. Should we hop into 
a quick little reading for glance at yeah. our birth charts. Yeah. Yes. So for listeners, we chose Danielle at this specific time because both Taylor and I are October babies mm-hmm. and my birthday is tomorrow, the 18th and Taylor's is the 28th. This will be dropping in between both of our birthdays. So we really wanted to get aligned with uh, a beautiful astrologer and just kind of take a little peek at, at, at what we are. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. All right. Beautiful. So Taylor, you got what's called a Scorpio stellium. So a stellium is basically just three or Mm -hmm. more planets in the same sign in the same house. So you have your sun sign, you have your Mars, you have Pluto, and you have Mercury all in Scorpio. And it's all in the eighth house. So the beautiful thing about you, Taylor, is that you're a Pisces rising. So what happens for most Pisces and Aries risings are the houses are aligned with the sign that they're traditionally ruled by. So it gets to be a lot more easier to learn astrology for you, Taylor, because you don't have to think so much about the traditional ruler of that house. It is already expressed through the sign that it's traditionally ruled by. So in a way, it's kind of like double activated, right? It's like, okay, I have a lot of Scorpio energy going on in my life, right? But... At the same time, um, it, again, it gets easier to learn if you wanted to learn. So for you, my love, you are going to be going through that eighth house portal. So what's going to happen is, of course, you're going to be experiencing a few different things. I mean, there's a lot of different things that, of course, you could be experiencing. But when it comes to your sun being so close to your Mars, this, your Mars, uh, the the Mars planet has a lot to do with your willpower. It's your will to succeed. It's your ambition. It's your ability to take action. It's your vitality. And just so you know, Mars in Scorpio is actually in a really strong place because Mars used, used to rule Scorpio. So Mars loves being here. And so there's definitely an expression when Mars is here that it's like, I'm ready to burn everything down to the ground and I'm ready to start over, right? So there's going to be, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So there's definitely going to be some pieces here that I'm going to invite you during this Scorpio season um, to check in with that impulsive energy that comes up when you're kind of reacting to some things versus thinking things through or when you are desiring so bad because that's Scorpio energy, right? Like you get so like um, embedded in it. And like when you have a passion for something, it's like almost this, um, what's that word? That like uh, tunnel vision energy, right? It's like, I don't see anything but that target, right? Like everything else goes blank. So you may have some moments of like 
you know, that inner drive, almost like that stimulation that comes up with that Scorpio energy when you get, you know, excited about something and you're ready to kind of charge forward. But it's just so important that you aren't one self-sacrificing in that, right? Mm -hmm. That you're also not um, kind of like forgetting or neglecting or avoiding other parts of you that you've already started, right? So I think that there's definitely going to be, especially since we're going to have an eclipse this Scorpio season that is going to speed up time, as they say, right? There's going to be a lot of, um, a lot of events happening all at the same time. Whenever eclipses happen, um, it just feels like, you know, doors are closing and new doors are opening all at once. So for you, I'm just going to invite you to um, close the doors that you know already right now without even having to think twice about it. You already know those doors are closed and we don't need to reopen them. We don't need to play with that energy. We don't need to overanalyze, am I making the right, am I making the right choice? And just really um, charge forward towards the thing that's lighting you up but again, um, don't avoid um, the things that you've already started because I'm kind of getting this, um, it's almost like different, I, I channel while I read, just so you know. Mm -hmm. So it's, I'm kind of getting like different puzzle pieces, right? And, you know, sometimes we are so engulfed in like one part of the puzzle and then we get frustrated when we can't find the piece of that, you know, that puzzle. It's like there's just one piece that's missing. And you're like, where is it? And then you forget, oh, wait, I have a whole other corner that I forgot I started. I may have started it last year. It could have been a couple months ago. It could have been last week. But I completely forgot that I have this too. So what you're going to be doing is just kind of combining right? You're going to be merging the two puzzles together. And then it gets to be, um, it's going to kind of give you more fuel to that Mars engine that you need. So if you get stuck, or you feel trapped on one part of the puzzle, I just want you to just expand your reach and remember that there's other things that you've already created, and then it gets to kind of get combined. Okay. Mm. Wow. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so you're definitely going to be going through um, a lot of, like I said, that rebirth energy, um, but it doesn't always have to do that in itself. Yeah, of course. And it happens for everyone during Scorpio season, but especially for you because it's so many different personal planets there. And it definitely is going to be impacting the way you're taking action and moving forward. And also very much about how you are uh, communicating with yourself and communicating with others. So it's just so, so important that you are um, not getting, um, what's that word? Just like, you know, like, like small minded with it, right? Like, don't think it's an all, don't think it's all or nothing, black and white right um it, it's sometimes there's I'm other... real bad at that yeah because that's very scorpio right there's parts i'm of like that black is... or white and then someone mentions that gray is an option i'm like i didn't even think that that was possible <laughs> it's like yeah. it's either yeah this way or this way 
Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with that because this is just how you were designed. And so I'm not telling you to change this part of you, but I am reminding you something you just said yourself is that, you know, sometimes someone else gives you a different perspective and it just provides more color into your life. Mm -hmm. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's important when, especially eighth house transits that you are reaching out and you are, you know, asking a friend and, you know, having someone hold space for you a little bit so that you're not so much in this, <laughs> right, in this mindset of like, I have to do this all by myself. And I'm, you know, just kind of getting a little lost in this, um, just, you know, in this world that sometimes we get lost in within the eighth house, but all beautiful things. And definitely, I don't want you to get discouraged. You know, this could very much be a very financially um, abundant time for you. So, you know, play with the energy. I keep getting that from lots of different um, sources right now. Absolutely. So bring it on, maybe. Bring it on. We're here for it. Yes, especially you got Jupiter transiting your first house right now. Like, oh, girl, this is going to be so much fun. It really is. It, it's it's important. Oh, and you got the North Node in the second house. Yeah, you are 100% um, meant to be thinking about the financial piece of it. But since Jupiter is the planet of abundance, prosperity, luck, you know, we love Jupiter. And that is in your first house. So reminding you. This is the time when you get to be a little selfish. You don't have any planets in your first house. So there's nothing here that's going to get in the way of you just being in the fullest expression mm-hmm. of you. And since, you know, you have that Pisces rising, this is like the perfect introduction of that, right? It's like, hey, here are little, you know, snippets of, or what's that word? The, you know, little snippets of my soul, right? Like here's parts of my story. Here's parts of my journey, but it's not just about me. It's about the people I'm connecting with. It's about the stories I get to hear. It's about holding space for other people to share who they are and me seeing myself in them. So that's very Pisces rising. So that's what you get to continue doing. And again, like, so when I say like, it's a time you get to think about you, I don't want you to feel like, oh, you know, is is it just about me? It's like, no, your Pisces rising is you, your world and everything and everyone in it. And you are all parts of that. So I just, I hope that that makes sense. Okay. I think um, you're telling me I should buy these outfits that I've been looking yeah. at. Girl. So then I can rebirth myself into the fabulous bitch, which that I am. Girl, you, you, get to, you get to play with all the archetypes of that Pisces rising. You are not limited, I promise you. Okay. Oh, I love it. I love it. Thank and you Amber, so much. That was beautiful. Oh, you're so welcome. You're so welcome. Amber, my love, you are a Virgo rising, right? You got mm-hmm. that. You got Mars right on your Virgo rising. Ooh, girl. You, you, you're both definitely, um, you have like that strong Mars energy since, you know, Taylor has the Mars in Scorpio, which is very at home there. And for Amber, her Mars is right on her rising sign. So there's pieces of that that, I would say Mars is like your teacher in a way. 
Um, we also have to remember a couple things here. Mars, this is for both of you to remember since I was talking to you about it too, Taylor. Mars is about your ambition and drive, um, but we also have to recognize this as it's the expression of frustration as well and anger, okay? So there's, so there's pieces of this, especially since we are about to experience Mars retrograde very soon on October 30th, okay? It's going to start. Mars retrograde will start um, then, and it won't end until mid-January. So this is actually a really uh, a, a really good conversation to have now that you both are <laughs> um, very related with Mars. You know, there's pieces of taking action and moving forward for you, Amber, that can feel a couple things. One, it can feel very personal, right? So let's mm -hmm. say if there's, you know, something that you're doing or not doing, um, you're going to take it upon yourself, right? So the reason I'm saying this is because your Mars is right on your rising sign, but it is in your 12th house. So the 12th house is more about, um, again, kind of like that, um, I don't want to be seen in the world. So when it comes to like your anger, I'm sure it could be a little bit more repressed sometimes, right? And, you <laughs> <laughs> and again, you may be taking it out on yourself. It's not so much about outward expression towards others. It's about like being beating yourself up in a way, right? So totally. especially because especially it's in Virgo and mm -hmm. Virgos, are just known for being just really hard on themselves because they're just more critical and they have more expectation of like, you know, their level of success and where they're supposed to be. So I'm just going to invite you, my love, to really, you know, check in with that like sacred rage, right? Of like, okay, like, can I give myself the space to be upset or be frustrated um, without necessarily putting it on me or projecting it onto other people or like being in my head about, you know, coulda, shoulda, woulda done di things differently. And yeah. so, so for you, it's going to be really about creating that space for you to kind of release it in a very healthy way. And it's going to be through like the body. So the reason I'm saying this is because, you know, you have that Virgo rising, very earth physical energy, right? And so that Mars right on there, it's like your release of this pent up energy of I want to get things done. And is it ever going to be my time? And, you know, whatever those stories are, if that is even a part of your story, but there's pieces of that, that it's like, okay, the way that I can release this is going to be through my body. So whether that's through uh, breath work or, you know, kind of like screaming into the pillow, like I'm feeling like throat chakra energy for you. Where's mm -hmm. throat chakra energy? I was just thinking um, we should go scream somewhere. Yeah. So. yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, should, we should go scream somewhere and then like get food afterwards, you know? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, girl. Wow. Woof. Okay. Yeah. We're talking about Mars. This Mars retrograde. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. I get so excited when I see someone's chart. Oh girl, you're in it. You are in it. Okay. So 
right now, Amber, happening right now. <laughs> you do you do have a lot happening so for you my dear mars is directly on top of your uh what's called the midheaven which is basically the angle that starts the 10th house of career and this is again what i was saying about being the most visible in the public eye uh this is like prime time to be like announcing something and putting something out there and of course you have this podcast which is very gemini and that's exactly what this is so this is what exactly what you're meant to be doing i and also just got keys to my brick and mortar shop like two weeks ago. <gasps> <laughs> Thank you. I'm like about to pee my pants as you're talking. I'm just like, yeah, like lots of big things uh, that are like I was explaining to someone else I I do energy work with once a month that like I feel like I am stepping into this person that I've always wanted to be lately, but I kind of it's almost out of body like something's kind of taking over me right now and I'm doing things that uh, don't feel like I would usually confidently do them and I'm just doing it like it's just happening without thought oh okay all right my love there's there's a lot here (laughs) but I do want to give you one very specific thing that is going to also help you understand why you have been doing things that you normally wouldn't have done and you feel like it's just like a something that your soul is pulling you to do so Mm -hmm. You are in what's called a nodal return. So the North Node is the destiny placement. This is your life purpose. And this has a lot to do with, you know, some challenges and things you may have to overcome in order to reach that fullest, you know, that place of fulfillment. And so your North Node is in Taurus and the North Node is in Taurus right now. So- Wow. Yeah, and this started in January of this year, 2022, and it's not ending until July of 2023. So I just want to give you the perspective that this nodal return is definitely a, I've never done this before, and I don't even know where this is coming from. (laughs) I'm being someone completely different outside of myself, but also you are just aligning with exactly who you were meant to be. And the thing about the North Node is it's unfamiliar territory. It's something you haven't mastered in this lifetime yet. So you're learning how to master it. So for you, what you're learning, which is so beautiful, is how to live a life of safety and of ease without feeling like the other shoe is going to drop. So basically you're paving this gorgeous Taurus foundation of pleasure and joy and presence and it's so beautiful that you do energy work because Taurus is very much like that physical touch and the five Mm -hmm. senses right and you're creating this very beautiful space for people to um unravel themselves right which is why your north no your north node is in the eighth house right so it's like hi I'm here to hold space for all of you, your shadows, your fears, like everything about you. But I'm here to create that sense of security for you. And within that, of course, that foundation is going to feel very secure for you as well. So I just wanted to remind you of that because the thing is, yeah, you literally are just meant to live a life that's simple and 
love, lovely and beautiful and the other shoe's not going to drop. So thank you. <laughs> I promise. I promise. I know. Oh, I love it. Oh, love wow. It. I'm like tearing up. All of that just resonates. It's mind blowing. I love being able to look at your design and like you were literally meant to be doing exactly what you're doing right now. It's mm-hmm. mind blowing. I like, yeah, I'm, I don't have words really. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, just so, so much welcome. gratitude for your time and for that little mm-hmm. look into where we are right now yeah. and what we're doing. And it just feels right so good. Time. And I can't wait to dive in deeper with you. Yeah. I for sure. And yeah. I want to, I want to work with you on the capacity of doing the quarterly thing. I just think that's so empowering Mm -hmm. and powerful, especially as most entrepreneurs, like we, we have our feet in the corporate world somewhere for so long. And then we're like, I'm done with this and I'm ripping off this, you know, what do they call it? Uh, What's uh, the 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 clothing they make? Uniform. Thank you. I'm ripping off this uniform. I don't fucking know. <laughs> and I'm done working for you and I'm, I'm going to do this. And then you get out there and you're like, well, fuck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what do I do? Like everything I know is so ass backwards for when you're trying to like be your own person. I really feel that's a theme in our collective right now too, especially post pandemic. Like everyone's just kind of been opened up to the way we can do life and yeah, so it's it's powerful work that you're doing and being able to hold space for people who are trying to figure out like what they should be doing and based upon who they are as a being in this lifetime. It's so wonderful. So thank you so much. Um, do we have any? Oh, we have a couple questions that we like to ask our guests at the very end of the pod before we let you go. Uh, our first one is, what advice would you like to give your younger self? Ooh, what a beautiful question for what I was telling you that it's about to be Scorpio season and this is my inner <laughs> child. Oh, I love it. It makes me want to cry. Okay. Um, you can. It's safe to do that here. We all cried Yeah, we've all been crying. Um, advice from my younger self. I would definitely tell her that Oof, this is giving me trails. That it is it is safe for her to be in her fullest expression, meaning don't dilute yourself or try to fit into someone else's mold or to try to, you know, yeah, like morph yourself so that you can be more accepted or so that you can belong. Um, you get to be exactly who you are and you are so loved and you are so safe being that person um, for all of who that person is. So I love yeah. that answer. Yes. That is perfect. perfect. Perfection. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yes. we always ask everybody, what is something like, what's a self-care ritual for you? Something that you can't go your week without that kind of keeps you grounded. My self-care ritual. Um, I mean, for me, definitely need nature in my life. I need to be outside on my walks. Um, I always like to ground with my feet in the earth. Very simple. 
I was doing that right before this podcast. And mm-hmm. it's just my way of recentering um, so that I could really, um, yeah, just connect with, with what I like to call Mama You, right? It's just, it's the beautiful universe. So yeah, I definitely, that's something that I, I must do um, every day. And I'm going to do it even after we get off this call so I can mm-hmm. cleanse my energy and restart. I love oh, yeah. that. That's a perfect self-care ritual. That's that's one of mine, too. Would you like mm-hmm. to join us for a final card pull for the collective before we end this awesome little chat that we just had? <laughs> yes, let's do it. Okay. Um, we are reading from the Urban Crow Oracle. Do you want me to pull? Go for it. Me? You're like, you're oh, ready. Right. Do let's it. Let's go do it. <laughs> <laughs> let's Pressures on. Take a little a breath in to to ground into these cards. Okay. Breathe in. And release. Alright, this one yeah, that helps. Out. Okay. Oh, I have the wrath card. Mm. Find it. Let's see what she has to say. Mm. One day I heard a sound of what have, could have been a hundred crows outside my window. The sky was nearly black with swarms of angry birds dive bombing the tree outside my apartment. A young raccoon had killed a baby crow. The energy in the air was almost palpable. You could feel anger of all the crows as well as the fear of the raccoon who clung desperately to the tree for dear life. Wrath creates a powerful energy. It can be destructive and can lead you down a path that may strain or cause friction within a relationship. Wrath adds other elements to anger, the element of revenge. It's not just enough for the offender to know that you're angry. You must also feel or experience that anger in some ways. Wrath asks you to consider the energy that you're creating from your anger. Mars <laughs> energy. Wow. Uh, Mars energy. Wow. I wonder why that is the one that will, <laughs> It's the one that will, in the end, create a positive change in relationship or you creating resentment that fuels the desire for future revenge. Although it may have been a single event that caused the energy of anger to present itself, it is through wrath that the anger mutates and splinters, creating a breakdown in the relationship and negative emotions. Well, well, I think uh, our our self-care homework for everyone is go scream in a pillow <laughs> or on mm-hmm. top of a mountain. I think the message that Danielle was sharing for me about Mars and how I'm expressing that is something that the collective also needs right now as well to, mm-hmm. yeah, we have to express yeah, that. Was, <laughs> oh. Yeah, that was perfect. I loved that, especially because there were also elements of what I heard the word revenge and even, you know, a black crow. It's very Scorpio energy. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's, it's important to also understand, like, when it comes to where Mars is right now, Mars is in Gemini. So this battle, right, this war that Mars could be, right, kind of like the warrior energy, um, that war could very much be through just like, the figment of like what you are like the stories you're telling yourself or you know just like the word the words the words you're choosing um there's so much there that i feel like we just have to be very mindful of how we are responding to a situation 
uh, because of course words can cut like a knife, right? Um, yeah. And there's just, so there's parts of that that I just want people to recognize, like, you know, if we're thinking of revenge, which is a shadow of Scorpio, right? Like that they get upset, they feel betrayed and they want to hurt someone as much as they feel hurt. You know, there's pieces of that, that it's like people are sometimes just hurtful with their words. And so it's just so important that we understand this is a very karmic cycle, not just the Scorpio eclipse season, but also the Mars retrograde, a very karmic cycle. So it's like, okay, if I don't want to have those words to be received through me, then I should not be saying them myself, right? Um, and that includes the words we're saying about ourselves and the and how we're describing our cert, cert, our situations. So, but yeah, that resonates. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for mm -hmm. elaborating more on that. That definitely hit home, I think, right now. Yeah. Where can all mm -hmm. these little witches find you? <laughs> um, so, my Instagram handle is aligned with Danielle. That's definitely the place where I update the most with like different astrology things that are going on. Um, and I always like to give actual practices and things that you can use the uh, transits for. So it's not just information. It's more like, okay, here's some things you could do. Um, and then, you know, I have my Facebook, Danielle Rosado, and my website, DanielleRosado.com. So come hang awesome. out. Come ha have fun with me. What an amazing yeah. Yeah. This was such a great time together. Thank you, Danielle, so, so very much for sharing this afternoon, evening with us. We're very grateful for your time and your energy. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, ladies. Right. It was such a pleasure to be here. Yeah. All right. Bye. Have a good night. <laughs> thank you, witches, for listening. Don't forget to give us a follow on all the social media platforms at Waking Up the Witch. Email us everything, all of it at wakingupthewitch@gmail.com. Don't forget to do something nice for yourself. Take your dog on a walk. Drink some water. Call your mom. <laughs> Fresh your <meat. laughs>